Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Clocks on the Stove. We don't really have a strict agenda for today's podcast. We are kind of just going to have some fun and go with the flow of sports right now because it's that weird time of the year with sports. Your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, with me, my partner in crime, Zachary Watts. Zachary Douglas Watts. Um, Yeah, Zach, first thing I was thinking of is DeAndre Hopkins. You know, the Cardinals get D-Hop two years ago, I think. He had two or three years left on his contract. And it felt kind of, to me at least, when the Cardinals got D-Hop, it was like, that's all we needed. That's what we were missing. You know, they got him and they got JJ pretty recently around the same time. And it was like, it's what we needed. We're good. And then nothing ever came of it. I mean, Diab had that insane touchdown snag last season um, in the back of the end zone. But basically, even though they got rid of D-Hop, it was more of D-Hop stepping away. You know, he didn't show up to OTAs. He was like, fuck this. I don't want to be a part of this team. Um, You know, there's coaching changes. And I did see somewhere on Twitter that he stated he wants to go somewhere that's had an offensive coordinator be there for at least like four years or something. Because he's had like three different OCs in four years or four and three, something crazy. So he wants stability and he wants to go to a team that has a shot at winning a ring. Um, But yeah, you know, the coaching change is definitely one thing. You got to wonder how much of it Kyler Murray affected that decision as well. You know, you don't always hear the best things about Kyler um, locker room wise and and leadership and even uh, workability wise. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I wonder where Diop's going to go. I don't blame him for wanting to go to a team that's already kind of like a D-hop away because he's old. He's near the end of his career. I think he's one of the best receivers ever, and you kind of want to get that title run at the very end. Um, That's all I really got to say. I'll let you uh, have your little bit. Yeah, I'll start off by saying, you know, he did miss almost a full year for – was it PEDs or was he – I think it was PEDs. I think it was PEDs. It was six months, right? Yeah, Six months, missed a significant time, came back, still proved that he was at the top of his game. But, you know, I don't necessarily blame him because um, especially within the Cardinals organization, you know, he mentioned in his interview there was just a lot of mismanagement from the front office. That he just felt like they weren't on the same page. And, you know, when you're at this late in your career, like when you're a young guy, when you're up and coming, it's okay to like work through or like trust the process and understand that things will work themselves out. But at this point in his career, like you said, you don't have the time to really figure it out. You're trying to win. And, you know, I don't particularly agree with the way it was handled, like not showing up to OTAs just to get released, but Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And at the same time, it, it was kind of the only way, the more I look at it, because if anything, teams know that your contract is up anyway. So they're not going to trade for you right away. Cause they're like, why trade for him and risk giving up assets when we can just wait a year longer and pick them up then. But for his sake, like you don't want to sit out a year and like, you don't want that time off. You want to continue to perform, continue to build your resume and add to your legacy. So I have nothing against him in that regard. I do think he is still at a point in his career where he can immediately impact the team. Um, what just his level of play he's always probably going to garner like number one corner attention he's always going to have defensive game plans circled around how old him. how old is he he's got to be he's, a little bit older he's been around for a minute i want to say like 30, i want to say 30 to 32 i'm going to say 31 30 and oh he's got he's got what probably two three solid years Two to three, like two to solid. three, great years, but he could play five, five to six if he really wanted. Yeah, just because like the hands oh. don't go away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they can pick him up just to be like a third down receiver, or, like you know, every other drop or something like that. Yeah, let's also consider some possible landing spots for yes. him because you know I was trying to think about it in my head. Obviously, as a Patriots fan, I'm going to say, "Oh my god, good Belichick." I have been seeing that a little on Twitter though. I but have been seeing that, dude. As a Patriots fan, it's gotten to the point where, like, I just have to completely ignore it because anyone that hits the free market, they're like, oh, Bill Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> they're all like, like <laughs> it, It's literally the meme of Bill at the combine when he's got the bag of pretzels and he's like, has the binoculars. And he's like eating pretzels while like zooming in, like, way far away. Like, that's literally how I envision him with like, any prospect. But at the same time, he's probably just sitting down and just being like, yeah, that sounds like a good name. I ain't paying him shit, though. You're like, you're like, what you want? You want barely $2 million or like tree fitted. That's the best I can do. And then you don't even have a quarterback because isn't Mac Jones dipping? Nah, he's staying for now, at least. I mean, the team 
tr- loves and trusts Mac. It's the fan base that's so quick to dish him to the side. But here's it's also Mac though. Mac hates Patricia. We don't have Patricia anymore though. Or whoever the OC is, Mac doesn't fuck with him. He fucks with him now. Bill O'Brien is that is a dog. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Bill O'Brien. Not last year he didn't though. They were fighting. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. No one liked Matt Patricia. That's why. But what Patriots fans need to understand is, hey, our quarterback play is going to take a little decline when you move on from fucking Tom Brady. Yeah, that's just you don't you don't get back to back Brady's. It's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you break up with your model girlfriend, you're not finding another model girlfriend. You get you gotta you gotta give us some fat girls once in a while. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta attack the arsenal before you can get back to your main weapon. Yeah, because guess what? You you ain't been talking to no women since you've been dating. You you've been letting you've been letting your uh, game. Slip, as they say. And I, I can guarantee you Bill Belichick's quarterback game had definitely fallen yeah, down. Yeah, Bill, Bill hasn't flirted with a quarterback in a long time. His, uh, yeah. his flirting strategies may not be up to par for today's dating standards. Yeah, we call that a sexual harassment in the office these days. So that's kind of where Bill's sitting at right now. You know, he he's kind of back in like the 80s, you know, slap her ass and tell her, tell her she's a pretty girl. But these days, you know, that'll that'll get you in the ringer. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll get you got. Yeah, you done get got sometimes. Yeah, so Bill's probably you know on Tinder University trying to learn the new ways of the game. Mm. But back to the D hop, the other place I see a, a crazy, and this could just be the people I follow on Instagram or excuse me on Twitter. Everyone wants him to go to the Dolphins. Dude, how much money do they have? Is is the salary cup a myth? Bro, there. If he did go to the Dolphins, they would quite literally have three number one receivers. Just, they would have the best offense in football. Yeah, you see, all sports are secretly like the government. We just always have money. Like y- y- we say, we say there's like a debt or a salary cap. That shit don't exist. No, there. Yeah, no. If they're if the league really wanted to, just, they could be Mike like, McDaniel's going to be like, look. I'm selling my soul. He's going to sign the pen and paper. Oh, what just happened? The Dolphins just got $30 million cap space. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, new rule. If uh, half of your practice squad roster is paraplegic, you get an extra $45 million. You have at least three white offensive starters. We'll give you Dion. If you sign one white cornerback, we'll give you 30 mil. Yeah, that's right what they now. say. He's, He's got to like, start right, four wait, snaps. Where's that boy from Iowa? <laughs> where he at where he at who's he starting for yeah, uh, actually uh, what are some of the other names well yeah he did get he got drafted he's he's good he's very good yeah but i think he's the good. first white corner since like 2007 Got there's a lot of safeties there's a lot of safeties but i'm saying cornerback yeah, yeah. dude the last white cornerback hold on let me let me let me verify this there are some actually since we're on the topic let's name some some solid white safeties that we've seen Eric Weddle up there. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say Harrison Smith, just yeah. off the top of my head. Um uh, that, just, wasn't there like a Varner or Werner or something? Am I tripping or, No, no. Um who was the last white cornerback though? Um Jason Seahorn, and he retired in 2003. Damn, we went 20 years without a white cornerback. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Julian Edelman even got some cornerback time for the Patriots when he first started out. This man got drafted as a quarterback out of Kent State, and Bill Belichick was like, "How do you feel about cornerback?" And he's like, "Coach, you know, you know, I'm a quarterback, right? You know, I got drafted." He's like, "Well, shit, I already wrote you down on the depth chart. You're gonna have to play at least sixty snaps so I can earn like four million dollars off you." And he was uh, like, "What about receiver?" All right, let's go through this. Um, we're doing Eric Weddle. Weddle. Eric Weddle. Who would you say? I said Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. Hmm. The hardest hitting safety in the league, dude. Who? Oh, Justin have, Heath. That's what. Yes, I was that's about. yes, yes. Uh, didn't he? Willie didn't Wood. He played. Uh, he was eight time Pro Bowler, two two Super Bowl titles, plus three NFL championships. He played for the um Knights from nineteen sixty four to nineteen seventy. Played for the Vikings. Do I look up? Best white safeties in the NFL, and the first one that came up, Ed Reed. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I have on mind, too. <laughs> There's no like best white safeties. Damn. It really gonna be like that. Um, there's gotta be some. 
I feel like there's a big J. Oh, uh, 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 Lynch, Lynch. Um, oh, James Lynch. James Lynch. Yeah. 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 He's Damn. a dog. He's a dog. He is a dog. I'm trying to think of other um, Rodney Harrison's like a super light skin. Yeah. Rodney. I never met a white guy named Rodney. I never met a white guy named. It was Cliff Harris. That's he a white guy in the 1970s for the Cowboys. Mm. Yeah. yeah Bro, why do I feel like there's a big one we're missing? We are missing probably some old dude. I'm looking through the top 25 all time safeties. John Lynch, bro. We're so dumb. Oh, we just said fuck James. James. Fuck Lynch. me. We are so stupid. Yeah. Mm. Troy Apke. Would 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 you claim Troy Palomalo? I think the he's Polynesian, right? Polynesian, Polynesian, so he's not a black safety. Yeah, but he sure as hell ain't white. Yeah, he's a weird middle 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 area, but yeah. he's a dog for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's all of them. Yeah, every time I look it up, uh Troy Apke just keeps popping up. Yeah, yeah, me too, because he's the most recent one drafted, right? Uh, yeah, 2014. So, so actually, this has absolutely nothing to do with anything we're talking about. It's going to be a really weird transition, but I was just having this conversation the other night with uh, Matthew Daner. And it's kind of like on the same like game setting. What are the best walk-off knockouts you could ever think of in MMA history? Like, like we're, ta- we're not talking about like one, two, threes. We're not talking about – we're talking about just like one. One punch, one knee, one kick, just one elbow. Just- oh, Oh, Michael Chandler uh, to Tony Ferguson. I thought I watched his yep. soul get like removed from his body, and Tony just laid their life. You got um, obviously Jorge Ben Askren, of course. Um, you could also do Jorge Darren Till. Yeah. Um, you have Corey Sandhagen when he knocked out Frankie Edgar. That's my favorite knockout of all time, by the way. Really? Go fake to a knee and then spin around. You look around. You like you look back, and the guys are asleep. Yeah, my favorite just has to be uh, Loyota Machida's front kick. Yeah, you have Anderson Silva's end. front kick to um, no Loyota Machida's. I think it was Dan Henderson, and then no Loyota Machida's was Randy Couture, and then Anderson Silva was the Vitor Belfort. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I just remember Loyota like doing the double feint, and Couture wasn't like biting on it or biting on it or anything. And he and stayed he in that weird old man wrestling stance. Yeah, and lands it. Hands on the hips. Just like stood there and he's like, well, that, that was easy. Oh, one of my favorite of all time was at your first MMA fight when that. And that yeah, that got, guy got knocked out. Brutally folded yeah. like a lawn chair. And I was like, that is the greatest amateur knockout of all time. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't remember if it was a one shot, but Sean O'Malley during the Ultimate Fighter landed that like. Um, oh, that faint, that faint cross. Yeah, you have, you oh. have uh, Cody Garbrandt when he fought Asanyo and he just hit that last like, second, fake, the fake yeah. hook. That was nasty. Yeah, uh, obviously Buckley's spin one three sixty shit. You also have Naganu Overeem. You mean the Rock'em Sock'em head removal? Yeah, the Gutching. Yeah, there's another one. There's a couple we're missing. Speaking mm. of which, while we're thinking of that, let's talk about. Francis Ngannou and his kind of deal. Yeah, never, I don't think we've never, talked about this yet. Yeah, it's been a month since we've been back. Um, and we'll kind of get into what we've been doing in the time off. But, you know, we kind of want to touch on the sports things first. But, you know, Francis signs with the PFL. You know, everyone kind of thought he was, like, well, losing before, this. Or, yeah, before he signed with the PFL, he's been getting shit on. Shit on. That's, like, two months by everybody. Hey, everyone going to hate on you when you ain't making moves. But real G's moving silence like Noki. Have you have you seen that guy that white that white Jewish rapper? Have you even seen him on your TikTok feed? No. Oh, is it? Who is it? Which one? He's is got it? like he's got like the dread. He's got like the big poopy dress. Bro, you're talking about BLP kosher, bro. Kosher, get on kosher. He's a South Florida boy. I'm not. He's fired, dude. He's from South Florida. He's probably like a 30 minute drive from you. Yeah, real G moving silent like Noki, bro. Bars, bars, bars. Leg injury like Kevin Ware. First, rest in peace, Kevin Ware. He's not really dead, but his playing career is. It's crazy. Went to Georgia State after that. Regardless, let's get back on this uh, Francis and Ghana thing. So, 
Contract was massive. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know more about the details. So I'll I think I don't know to a T, but I know I think it's guaranteed seven figures a fight. His opponent is guaranteed a million a fight. He had he gets to open up PFL Africa, and he's a, a board director or member on the actual PFL. Yeah. Um. Here's my Genius, thing. by the way, also because if everyone forgot, Jake Paul has stake in PFL now. You don't. You don't think Jake Paul can outpromote Dana? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he can. Do I think it'll have the impact of the UFC? Probably not. But Jake Paul can outpromote Dana. He's the biggest name in social media. And he is going to fucking shove Naganu in everyone's mouth. And it's going to work. I'm telling yeah. you right now, it's going to work. They're going to feed him tin can after tin can for highlight after highlight after highlight. And they're going to throw him on regular ESPN. And they're going to fucking start competing, bro. I'm telling you right now. I'm yeah. telling you right now. Yeah, I was also – this actually leads into my other point I was going to say. That's a great deal that worked out for Nagano's sake. However, he cannot lose. Yeah, he, might as, yeah, he has to be immortal. Yeah, bro, but like dude, who God. the fuck – if no one in the UFC could beat him, who the fuck in PFL is going to beat him? And the heavyweight division in the PFL is their worst division. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And see, it's like a – it's a tale of two stories because on one end, yes, you signed Nganu, but number two, you now completely annihilated the possibility of any heavyweights ever signing to, to your organization. Because no, I disagree. I think I think you intrigue them because now they're getting a guaranteed million dollars to fight Nganu. Guaranteed. Yeah. So you're going to get guys wanting to come fight Nganu. To come die. Yeah, exactly. Zach, you wouldn't take a million dollars. How much do you weigh? Fucking 185. You want to take a million dollars to fight Israel Asanya? Yes, you fucking would. Of course I would. Yes, you would. Exactly. And on top of that, if you're a fighter, you're not Zach Watts. No offense. You're getting <laughs> you're getting a fuck ton of promo and build to fighting Nagano. Yeah, Nagano never stepped in the cage with the watch show. Let me tell you. Yeah. That. <laughs> hey, Nagano ain't calling out Ken Watts. That's a fact. <laughs> Ken Watts at 70 years old hit the first ever flying oompa blada. I mean, let me tell you. Yeah, but I think I think it's a uh, it worked out for Nagano's favor. I think Jake Paul was definitely a big part of it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be awesome. They're also letting him fight boxing freely too, which is insane. And that definitely was a big reason Dana didn't want to keep him because everyone. And this is what people need to remember, or people need to be educated about because they don't know. Yes, Connor fought boxing against Floyd. And the UFC was cool with it. But the UFC had stake in it. It was Connor didn't independently go fight Floyd. He fought representing the UFC. That's why Dana was at everything. They still had their hands on Connor. Yeah. They won't let now. Do I think if Naganu brought that that um that route to do that as well, they would have done it? Yes, but Naganu wants his money. And yes, Connor made a lot of money too. But they they suck off Connor way more than they suck off Nagano. They don't even give a fuck about Nagano, bro. Yeah. So um yeah, but I do think I do think uh the PFL was a great fucking move for Nagano. The only other place I knew he wasn't gonna go bare knuckle. The only other place I would like to see them is maybe um one uh, FC because there's some athletic ass big Asian heavyweights. So that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. My only fear if he would have signed uh to one is. <laughs> Fedor would have came out of retirement one more time. He would have been like, he said, all right. No, he would have like actually another. died though. Like, like he would yeah. have committed murder in the cage. Yeah. Yeah. That was my only fear. Um, who's the, what's his name? Who's the champ right now? One FC for heavyweight. It's the Indian dude, right? No. Who just beat Fedor? No, brother. That's Bellator. Bellator. That's Ryan Bader. The the heavyweight champ for one FC is actually really good. He's just Indian. He's from India. He's the first ever Indian world champion. Yeah. Man. Yeah, but speaking on that, let's let's. I, I like where we're going with this new signings and stuff. How about Bellator? Speaking on it, mm. adding a flyweight division. And yes. how about you and I? At the day before, when at the day before they announced the title fight, we were like, they did this to make Horiguchi a world champion again because he yeah. can't win at thirty five. And they're like, fuck it, let's bring it twenty five. And we literally said this on the phone. And then the next day, they're like introducing the one twenty five world championship. Horiguchi versus some other Asian guy. And I, we were like, we fucking called it. Well, we, it's the it's the Ryzen crossover. So what they're yeah. going to do is... He's but that's what they did originally to get Horiguchi. They had Horiguchi fight Darren Crawford, who was the um, who was the uh, 135 champ in a crossover fight. And he was like, fuck that. I'm getting paid way better in Bellator and stayed in Bellator. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, genius move because after you see what the UFC has been doing, you're always going to, you're kind of always chasing tail with the UFC just based off marketing wise and how much of a like implementation they have within the United States. And then you have PFL going out and let's make, make this move for Nganu. So you're like, we have to raise our stake in our brand. Like we have to do something that really like takes us over the edge. So very smart on their part by, you know, you have guys that you know can make the weight and you have quality superstars in it. You know, we did talk about some of the issues being the depth within the flyweight class, just because like flyweight anywhere, just they're not going to have a ton of 125ers. But then again, you know, if you have a solidified champion that's going to draw names, guys are going to want to chase the belt. They're going to think it's worth holding. It's, I mean, a job's a job. You're going to, if you know you're a championship holder, you're going to go and try to fight for a belt at any weight class. And the fact that Horiguchi was like sixth, seventh rank at 135 and can fight at a more natural weight for, I don't know, I wouldn't say more natural, but he has, he has a pass. He's done it in the past a lot. Yeah. He's a he's vet. Yeah, he's he's a vet in the weight class, and not only that, I think his skill set works better there. You know, he's not going to get out muscled by any of the guys. Um, I don't think his like speed's going to take a huge hit. Obviously, like with putting on a little more pounds, you're going to. I think see it'll help changes. his shin too, because Sergio Pettis knocked him the fuck out at 35, and those guys, I don't think hit as hard. Yeah, but that's another thing. I feel like the biggest flack the 125 pound class catches that's like, oh, well, there's no flashy knockouts, and I'm like, yeah, but have you ever seen takedowns and submission attempts nearly as quick as those? Or, like, or, or just the pace they fight pace. at yeah. 25 minutes. It's it's a sprint. Yeah. Just look at Brandon Figueroa or uh yeah, Figueredo and Moreno. Like that Demetrius every time Johnson. they Johnson. Yeah, they just go to like it's 25 minutes of letting a pit bull loose in a dog park. Yeah. It's just rapid pace. And that I don't understand how you wouldn't enjoy watching that, but you know, people get used to it. The other thing about it, Zach, is there is not a PFL one twenty five. The UFC doesn't give a fuck about their one twenty five. And I don't know if there is a one FC one twenty five because their their flyweight is technically one hundred thirty five pounds because all their weight classes are plus ten. So this oh, might wow. open up a door for them, um, you know, getting exposure and getting guys, big name guys. The other thing is I want to talk back on the actual Horiguchi thing they did. He is one. He is without fact checking and just off the top of my head, he is the biggest Asian MMA fighter in the world right now mm. from Asia. So that's drawing them big. And Ryzen's one of the biggest. I mean, it's not 1FC, but it's not as big as 1FC, but it's the Bellator 2 1FC in Asia. So yeah. they're just getting, they're like, fuck it. We're not going to take over the American market. The UFC owns it. But there's a lot more in this world than just the fucking America. So they're yeah. attacking the Asian market, which I think is genius. So at the end of the day, regardless of how much America likes MMA, martial arts is an Asian art. It came from Asia. So those are where the loyalty and the, the guys that, are okay with watching a grappling match. The guys are okay with watching a boxing match because they understand and appreciate it all. So I think it's a really smart move by Bellator to use Horiguchi. It's a really smart move to tie Ryzen into it as well. And you already know the fight posters are about to be insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we talked enough shit about the marketing that the UFC does compared to the rest, but I guess when Americans just don't give a fuck, they're like, fighters are fighters. Like, we'll watch it regardless. One thing I love about um, 1FC, though, since on the topic of it is the fact that it's not just MMA, it's everything. Like we, we know they have kickboxing, they do Muay Thai. Um, they do combat jujitsu matches. They do regular jujitsu matches. Yeah. Regular jujitsu. They have everything. Now. I also think they should, I don't think they should have more, but I was kind of curious as what they could add more like, what I would add wrestling at 1 billion percent. You, you think, you think that'd be, but you add wrestling. It is the, it is the number one sport in the Olympics of the most countries involved because you don't need a fucking penny to wrestle. To play baseball, you need a bat, you need a glove. Like you have to, like those are necessities. To wrestle, you need nothing. You need shoes. And they all wear, like in the poor countries, they just fucking share each other's shoes. So it also, it's the most dominant form of martial arts. I don't know if you've been seeing the fucking post on social media of how many champions yeah. are wrestling. 20, it's like 20. It's like, it's like 29. And then the next is jujitsu, like 14, you yeah. know? So. There's no way that it's not going to have a lot of attention. And also, there is not really a route for wrestling other than UFC and WWE. And it sucks seeing guys who are so amazing at wrestling have to quit, like Henry Sudo or like Gable Stevenson with WWE, when they're still so good at their sport. You make it to 1FC, you make wrestling professional, and now these guys can do it for their lives. Oh, and guess what? Now they have money to actually 
train with better guys and do better things. And you're going to see the sport of wrestling get better if the one, yeah. if you want to see adapts to it. Yeah. Like the video I was watching recently when Sean O'Malley was representing the UFC, but I forget what the event was where he was just grappling. Um, it was just some grappling event probably. Yeah. But like, I think the America, cause like Americans aren't as accustomed to seeing it. Cause like they're like, they're not going to go out and watch one of C fire. Like they're not going to take the time to go like do those. Dude, I don't know. Their Colorado car was booming. Their yeah, it's just card is booming. Yeah, I'm not gonna say they wouldn't, but it's just not so easily like accessible or like put in their face as much as the UFC is. But like from another standpoint, like do you know how many fighters in the UFC would take a jujitsu match in between their like normal fights? Like you're telling me Gilbert Burns wouldn't be like, all right, uh, yeah, I'm fucked up, probably can't fight for a while. I'll do a jujitsu match on a card somewhere. Like, oh, Sean, Sean's like, oh, y'all doubt my jiu-jitsu match? All right, I'll go grapple some Dude, guy out. And- you could literally do Kamzat versus Bo Nickel in a freestyle wrestling match. Tell me that wouldn't sell. Yeah. Like, Tell me that wouldn't sell. Like, what? Like, make that the the head prelim. Yeah. You could do Izzy Prera trilogy Muay Thai fight. Make it a Muay Thai fight. Just say, fuck it. Fuck takedowns. Just Dude, go it, to it war. Would, it, it would open the door, but it's not Dana's idea, so Dana won't do it. Yeah. You know what? Let's do our own little like fantasy matchmaking. We're gonna do each like category of fighting. So let's start because just because it's on the top of my head, who would you match make for a karate fight in the UFC? Obviously, I'm picking Wonder Boy. He's my Dude, first. I guy. would run it back with Wonder Boy in Holland. Holy shit! You make that a you make, you make that, that like an a actual karate karate match, a combat karate fight. That would be a so you have that you you don't start the card with that. You probably start the main card with that, but like. Freeland headliner, you do a jujitsu match between like who was the guy that just who's the guy that just fought Lopez that yeah. fought Evlov? You yeah. take him, you take him and another. I would say the only thing if you were gonna do jujitsu in the UFC, take away like the heel. I don't I don't want to say take away the heel hooks because like that's like taking away like an aspect of the game, but at the same time, like it's the most injury risk part. Well, wait, you could do that guy versus Ryan Hall, I think, because Ryan Hall's at 155 and 145. I think they're at the same weight class, Lopez versus Ryan Hall. I mean, but at the same time, like, jiu-jitsu is the only thing where they have – where you can do it anyway. Like, when they have – what's the division call where it's just, like, you – anyone can go in it no matter what. Open, open, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just – you could have guys that, like, 135, calling out 55 versus he's like, I'll, he's like, I'll take you on jiu-jitsu match. Like, yeah, yeah, you can care. do that. That's what's awesome. And the thing about the wrestling, too, is, like – I love jujitsu and I can watch high level jujitsu. I've been watching it since I was fucking six years old. But a, a person that doesn't know any MMA watching a high level jujitsu and watching high level wrestling, the wrestling is way more fun to watch. It's yeah. way faster paced. It's way more physical. It's way more fun to watch. Yeah. Not, not only that, I think another thing that 1FC does extremely well is how I'm trying to think of the word like traverse or like their well-rounded knowledge of what they're seeing. They're able to translate what they're seeing into fans that don't know what they're watching very well. Like when they they're good at on, grow, they're they're good at attacking their non-target audience. Yeah. They're very good that like if the average if the average person, I would say not average fan, but the average person were to sit down and turn it on, if they were to sit there and be like, oh well, why is that guy doing that? The announcer can explain in real time, like, well, he's going for this position because he's trying to He's trying to pass guard or he's trying to get to a more dominant position so he can start attacking the body or the head. Like they do a better job. I know the UFC has started to take a step up with that and they're like breakdown vids on their YouTube channel, but like they don't push it as much as they should. Um, you know, there are many other fighters that have their own YouTube channels now that like break down. Like Chael Sonnen will go down and do film review. I I I love Chael, I love Chael Sonnen as like a marketer and a fighter, but his post-career, if he was like better at YouTube or like gave enough shit. He would be so much better yeah. than like half the people I see. He just half he just asses care. the fuck out of it. Yeah, and he's so like he's just like downright funny, like to begin with. Like putting him on the Ultimate Fighter was probably the greatest move they ever made, selling wise. Like the "Don't let me get close" thing is probably said by so many people like around the world just because it's the funniest thing ever. But like is having it really true, you saw the Nagara brothers try to feed a carrot to a bus. No, that actually happened. <laughs> like that actually happened. One of them was petting the back, thinking it was like the butt by the tail, and then the other one had a carrot and tried to feed it to the front of the bus. That that actually happened. Like, 
Bro, he's just such a good personality. How the U, how Bellator got him and not the UFC makes is crazy to me. You think UFC is gonna be pissed about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Because you definitely know Dana was like just sitting on it because he was like, oh, like he has ties to house, like he's gonna bring it back. Children, Uncle Chill. So, honestly, money go. you could state that the 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 crew for Bellator is pretty damn close to being as good as the crew for UFC. Uh, obviously, if you take out Joe, Joe's the goat. He's the number one. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's Chael. It's Robin Black. It's the it's the the Showtime boxing guy. I don't remember his name. It's Josh Thompson, who was a world champion in the Strike Force and was a fucking beast in the UFC. And it's Big John McCarthy, who's the best ref of all time. Yeah, it's a pretty solid fucking crew, dude. Yeah, my I love John McCarthy. There's just sometimes listening to him speak, I'm just like John, what, what the fuck? Are you no, doing? but the thing I like about John is he gives the point of view perspective, not from a fighter or a coach or a, or a fan. He gives it from the ref. The yeah, ref seeing this, the judge, the judge, I scored the fight like this because if I'm the judge, I'm looking at this criteria. Like he knows the actual game of the sport. Yeah, that's thank, thank God you brought this up because I was, I, I remembered I was watching this in an XFL game the other day, and I was wondering why they didn't implement it in other sports. You look at the NFL, you look at the NBA, you look at any other the four major sports. Anytime there's like a replay or a stop in action, or we have a, a break. They will bring in a rules official to break things down from an official standpoint to say, well, well, this is how it should be done. So that way we know if they don't make that call, it's a mess up. There is see the UFC does that a little bit with, with, with Dean Thomas, but it's not, but he's just a coach. Yeah. He's a coach. He's an actual ref ref. Exactly. Like you don't have, you don't have guys that are literally paid to sit on a board of like board of officials or like board of judging. It's literally just whatever athletic commission is in the area. They sign the fight. That's what they that's what they go based off of. But you don't have like a you don't have a universal commission for the UFC, which I think personally is bullshit. Like you've been around. I don't, I don't understand how they're not able to get their own, by the way. I feel like they I feel like if they sprinkled a little give a shit, they could do it. Yeah. We, and, need, to, we need to talk to our James Lynch, who sorry, we thought you were John Lynch. He would he would know the answers to that. We should reach out to him and ask him. <laughs> I mean, this dude is <laughs> It could have been worse. Like, I mean, if someone was like, "Oh, you're Grayson Allen," I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, "What the fuck?" I'd be like, "All right, cool, yeah, straight." Yeah. yeah. Except when I kick dudes in the nuts, it's a they take a point away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, regardless, yeah. Regardless, so now, now that I'm like curious about it, it's gonna bother me because, like, on one side of it, let's say it's a money thing. You have enough money. You you have enough money. And like, I want to see exactly why because this is gonna bother me. Yeah, because. It feels like there's no logical explanation why they don't have a commission. It's your own sport. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I wonder why. Like you run the UFC, you make the you make the rules, and other commissions have to abide by your rules. Now I get there are some there are some rules based on commissions with like the Islam thing with like IVs and like there's certain health protocols that commissions follow, but I'm pretty sure you can make a bendable or like something that's allowed to like what, what's the word i'm looking for okay so this is what i found on reddit i don't know how true this is but it's the number one comment from 11 years ago uh, 11 years ago so this is out, this is how far yeah this is how long this is how been. far we've been we just dropped this idea by the way shout out uh facking canuck for this mm. most major sports leagues consist of a collection of teams unified under a central barack barack Berksy, Bur- how do you say that word? Berksy, I I don't know off the top of my head right now. Bura, Bura, Biroc- bureaucracy. You know what word I'm fucking talking about? Bureaucracy. What? Bureaucracy. You know what word I'm talking about, though, right? God, I feel so dumb right now. It's got to be. It's got to be bureaucracy, right? How do you spell it? How do you spell it? B u r e a u c r c y. Well, b u r e a u c. R A C Y. Barack. How do you say it though? Barack. Yeah, bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Okay. Yeah, I'm bureaucracy. Most We're major fighters league- not spelling beers. <laughs> Let me tell you. Most major sports leagues consist of a collection of teams under un, unified under a central bureaucracy. This bureaucracy is supposed <laughs> to be neutral in its dealings with teams and is responsible for fielding umpires and refs. The UFC doesn't fit this model. 
The UFC is a promotions company which keeps athletes under contract and pays them to perform. They are not neutral. The UFC will often have an interest in who wins a fight. For that reason, it would be a conflict of interest for the UFC to appoint a judge for the fight. Now, as to why the state athletic commissions have such problems with finding competent MMA judges, there are two main reasons. Most of the judges are drawn from boxing. And mine, okay, I just I don't think this is correct. This is not correct. All right, so now give you as the fighter standpoint of why this is wrong. You know, we're just going to get a lawyer and we're going to create our own fighting thing. And then we're we're just going to work all these little kinks, kinks out. I don't know the reason why, but stating that the UFC won't do it because they want they want to say in what happens isn't why I disagree with that. Now, do I think the UFC does want certain guys to win? Absolutely. We talk about it on this podcast all the time. But I don't think that's a reason why they don't do it because they would rather have their own judges and shit because then it's even easier for them to control it. Yeah. Because the way around it that I could see is like view it from like an NFL standpoint. The NFL, the NFL is equal to the UFC. But rather than having teams, right, like you have your NL and AL, you have camps for teams. Like you don't sign yeah, fighters. It's, it's still an individualistic sport. You have guys like Alon, who's the only big name guy out of my gym. Like you can't represent a whole Bison. Like you just you can't do that. You could probably do it by state organization, though, like Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. Like you could probably represent by state. You can't do it by camps. It's impossible because okay. you have – 500 guys out of American top team. And then you have one out of fucking Bryce Mitchell and okay. Arkansas. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not the camp per se, but what if you have not a camp, but like a team entity. So like, let's say each guy fights for their own camp. You do American and non-American that that would work hundred percent. Well, what I'm saying is like this, let's say we broke it down. There are 32 teams in like our fight league, right? Or fuck it. Let's even break it down shorter. Let's say it's 10 teams, right? You do like a, however many fighters you have signed to your roster or whatever, they fight out their own individual camps, but then you, you have a draft to see who you want to select. So like this guy will, this guy's still representing his camp and stuff, but he's technically under our like team. So like he, like we're only like the over encompassing thing. So when teams play teams, they each appoint a judge, right? Or like, since for like an example, the NFL may have like favorites for their games. Cause like the guy said, one of the big issues was like, since they have like a favoritism with fighters, they can't appoint judges. Well, if you're technically, you don't have favorites among fighters. You can only have a favorite team. Like it, do- it wouldn't really matter. Cause like, the well, team- okay. So if, if we dumbed it down a little, we could do something like that. We right. wouldn't even need the team organization. What you could do is you could be like, all right. Um, you talk to, let's say there's a UFC Tampa and there's 10, there's 10 fights or let's say there's 12. There's usually 12 fights in a car, 12, 14. Yeah. 12 fights, there's 24 fighters. You you go, here's a pool of judges, and here's a pool of refs that are available to ref and judge this card. You guys handpick, and whatever three of the judges and four or five of the refs get the highest percentage, those will be the ones we send. Mm. I think you could do something like that. Yeah. Because then it's like, look, even though I really didn't want this judge – I preferred that judge over the other ones. And at the same time, we all voted on it as a community. Everyone picked this person. So it's not that unfair. Yeah. That would also make sense because then you go from – because then technically the UFC could have their own commission because it's like, all right, we're not – like We're not rigging shit. Yeah, we're not rigging shit. We are literally giving you a pool to select from, and y'all are are the ultimate – It's a democracy. That's a democracy. Yeah, that's a democratic voting. Yeah. And yeah, they may, and then they'll probably have to do like, oh, well, what if none of us agree? Then we have a tiebreaker set. No, and then what you also do is you look at the guys from those camps and you go, this ref has an association with this camp. This judge has an association with this camp. You, th- these two people cannot be on this card. Boom. And then yeah. you get rid of bias as well. Yeah. Because what I like about, what I like that baseball does is each each crew per se of like five umpires, they all rotate positions. It's like one guy that's the crew chief behind home plate that's doing most of the calls behind the home plate is probably going to be the third base umpire next game or the right field umpire and the playoffs in the other game. They all rotate. They each oh, so take. the crew stays with each other throughout the whole season. Oh, yes. that's oh, I but didn't it's, know that. But it's now obviously like there's times and places where like, all right, we're going to keep a guy here because like a ref needs like to earn umpire needs time off. So yeah, like, somebody's sick, something happened. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah but it's for a, the most part, that crew stays together the whole season. Yes. So – I don't get why you couldn't train 
refs and judges, like obviously it would take a long time because it's Bro, you wouldn't need to train them. You should get retired fighters. There's a fucking infinite amount of them that would do the job. Yeah. And then you just be like, hey, guess what? This night you're you're like judge two. Next night you'll be judge one. Then you go to refing, then that, and then do that throughout the whole night. Just literally do that throughout yeah. the whole night. Hey, start of the start of the fight. Guess what? You're you're gonna be doing the first fight. You're gonna come here. You're gonna th- do three fights of judging. Guess what? You're back out refing. Like you could realistically do that, yes. Yeah, and you're saving yourself a lot of time between bringing in eight. And there's no bullshit judging if they're all former fighters. They all understand it. Like it's yeah. not like that, that judge doesn't understand jujitsu. No, no, they do. They have seven submission wins. You know, like yeah, yeah. That it it just doesn't make sense why they couldn't do it. Because like the other day when they had that, not the other day, but it, it was a little while ago when they had someone from the Nevada Commission go into Chris, I think it was Chris Curtis's camp, whatever it is. I, I forget the name of his camp, but they go up to him and they have him explain to the fighters what the rules and criteria are for judging fights. And fighters literally walked out because they were so mad because it was so oh, vague. I remember this. I remember this like a, and, a little bit ago. Yeah. And they were like, this is bullshit. They're like, you don't even know your own rules. They're like, you just go based off what you think. They're like, there's no cut and dry. Like, this is how you judge fight. It's yeah. some guys, some guys think this way and some guys think the other way. And you just, you just say it how it is. Dude, like, but the thing is too, is if, if you're the UFC and let's say you don't want to do all this, just have open scoring. Why not? It's, this, it's the same thing. Basically you have to adjust to what the judges and refs think. Yeah. Cause if it's going to be that vague and you really are that unsure. Yeah. If you're like, look, listen, we don't want to get our own commission. We don't want to do all this shit, but we'll give you open scoring. A lot of people will stop bitching. Yeah, because then they'd be like, oh, shit, I thought I won that round, but obviously not. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't, so now I got to do something else. And then you can go bitch after the fact, but hey, you can't say you didn't know going into that third round that it was either tired or you were down around or you were even up around. Because you know, we know, everyone knows. Like, bo- like I know boxing, it, theirs, isn't te- theirs isn't open scoring, but they still, like, show, like, what they, like, what they have as, like, points for rounds. So, like, it's... It's I kind think of, some boxing might be open score. I don't know, really, to be honest. Yeah, but see, boxing is a lot easier to not have open scoring though, because it's very cut and dry. Hey, did you? Yeah, get yeah. It's, in the it's one face? art. It's one art of hundreds of them. Yeah. Did you get punched in the face? Yes. All right. You're probably losing. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. So, I I don't understand per se, but let like I said, sports imitates life. If it's not a big enough problem, they're not going to feel need to fix it. So it's going to have to come. Especially if it's not a money problem. That's the the only problems they want to fix is money. Yeah. Really the only people that can really change this are the champs. But when you have champs like I'll... But but honestly, they can't because Nagano tried and they booted his ass. Yeah. But the way I was going to say it is (laughs) the only people that can really make like uh, like a voice or like voice their concerns to have other people care about it are the champions. But at the same time, like, but it's risky think- because Tyron Woodley talks about it. If you're a champion and you lose and you spent your whole championship shit talking Dana and fighting the organization, they fuck you once you lose the bill. Yeah. But not only that, you think Aljamain Sterling is going to fight to change the scoring rules or how it's. Oh no. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not going to care. He's going to be like, Oh, as long as I get to hold my belt. Yeah. Like, like, it's shit like that in his mind. I guess Connor would be the last damn, but Connor will. Connor doesn't give a single fuck. Yeah, Connor's if like. Connor doesn't can... get dropped or grappled in that round. He automatically wins to the judges. Yep. Automatically. Automatically. Yeah. Right. Dude, you literally, fuck. if you go back, if, I don't know if y'all have seen it yet, but I completely forgot about this until I watched the doc, uh, Connor documentary. Dude, Dominic Cruz was literally like, yeah, Connor wants to be on the ground right now. He's gassing Khabib. <laughs> What the fuck? They tried to give a round. They tried to give a round to Connor just because he didn't take as much damage as all all of other Khabib fights. Like, wow, Khabib looks really tired right now. Yeah, he just punched his fucking face in. For yeah, yeah, bro. Connor has a right where he wants him. Connor's actually about a full <laughs> guard. Like what? He's gonna hit him with a n- nasty arm triangle right here. It's just it's a matter of time, Dominic Cruz. Did you uh did you watch the Dom the the Connor Berger documentary? I watched. Like ten minutes of it. I heard it's actually really good. It's very, it's very well done. I saw it before I went to go record yours, and then once we showed up to, the, once we showed up to our little like, 
backstage area <laughs> i was like yeah this yeah, yeah this this is nothing like what i'm about to do yeah, we we pulled back the corner there's like 20 people in a little four by four cubicle and they're like oh yeah there's another camp coming yeah <laughs> which like never showed yeah like, like half the camp i i guarantee you that we had was, the like, best spot we took the best spot that like yeah. that, like open area we took the best spot yeah but you know speaking of that we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this last part so over the last month we haven't really been able to get an episode out and the reason for that is uh grayson right here was in the middle of a fight camp so uh we were he was getting ready to fight in the ring and then obviously i had the privilege of coming on as a media member for grayson so i enjoyed that opportunity so all the events leading up to it you know our schedule never really got worked out but we did get to enjoy a great fight card well i can't say we enjoyed the fight card per se because we didn't get to watch shit yeah we just sat um, in the back the whole fucking night yeah, we just sat in the back, and I, I'll kind of give my points of view at first. So, first showing up, we do our weigh-ins. Um, doctor doesn't show up. Just completely skimped out on medicals. Not there. Yeah, not there. Um, was kind of like, oops, I guess. Um, all the fighters are there. There's, like, a bunch of, like, street beef guys and just, like, a, bu- a bunch of characters, I'll say. It was... It was one of those where, like, you definitely think you're the main character. Like, everyone thought they were the main character for a solid portion of the night. And I was like, tomorrow night, there's going to be a lot of fodder getting removed from this earth. Because people need to be exposed. Regardless, we do the whole face-offs and shit. Uh, Worst slash best moment of the night was the fight right after. Was It it was right before you. So, you have a face-off right before Grayson's uh face off and the guy walks up it's two heavyweights guy's face tats fully added whatever he walks up and he's just like i'm gonna eat you and he's just screaming in the guy's face and the guy the guy you could tell is like not comfortable like he's like double flicking him off like trying to be cool but i was like this guy is scared shitless spoiler alert guy doesn't show for his fight the next day and main event main event yeah main event dips out and then Grayson gets moved into the main event. They even let the guy grab the mic and they go gave out. Him the belt. They gave him the belt. Yeah, they still gave him the belt, which, by the way, this is another thing that was complete bullshit. They, half the fights didn't even have belts. They had, like, chains. The chains. They had the flex yeah. chain. Yeah, they had the flex chain. Wow. Wow. Yeah, fuck that. If I went, if I, if I went for the strap, I want, I want a strap. Yeah. You better bring me a belt. Yeah, I want to wear it. Yeah. Well, you can you can wear a necklace. Yeah, but I'm not pulling up to an after party or like showing my family like, look what I just won. It looks like I went to the fucking corner store and bought a necklace. Yeah, you know when you know when you win those like sixth grade like youth baseball tournaments and they hit all those little like plastic medals. And like, exactly, yeah, it's it's stupid. But uh, Mo won a belt and they get. I think he's the only person that actually got a belt. No, no, no I think Yat did too. There were there were, there were yeah two belts. Um, yeah, it was the 85 for Yat, and it was Mo's kickboxing fight. Yeah, but um, Yat Daddy's belt wasn't a championship belt. It was for, like, the baddest – it was the baddest motherfucker belt. It was the RMF belt. Oh, the realest motherfucker the realest belt. realest motherfucker yeah. belt. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Cop- no copyright intended UFC. Um, got, got guys out here chasing silver for uh, money's sake. Yeah, but not um, even money's sake because they fought for free. Yeah, you know what? You know what have been cooler. You know what have been cooler. I could think of a million other things that would have been cooler than giving them a chain. Why not give them like fake brass knuckles? Like here, bro. Why not just do the tradition that's been working since 1998 and just have a belt? I mean, they got. There were so many things that they like. I could tell that they didn't pay for. They just got like sponsorship for like that. Like having the two Harley Davidsons in there. Only to give away free tickets to the Harley Davidson people just so they could they could see their bikes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that 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 to me, I was I was kind of like, okay, well that makes sense there. Um, the lighting was good, the ring was good, seats were actually not bad. Dude, the venue um, the venue itself wasn't that dope, but the what what they did with it was good. Yeah, they did mess up though. They the made floor the floor chart did not look like the actual floor. Yeah. At all. No, I when we walked because when I walked out for media to try to get a better angle, I didn't know where the fuck I was. I don't know where. Like there were like a million people just standing around the ring. Like they definitely okay. I bet towards like the first fight, it was like way more organized. But by the time it got to like the 
15, 16 fight, everyone was blacked out. And they just, there was not enough security to like keep shit clean. So like when you were walking out, there were people literally like that could just reach out and touch you. Yeah, they, they could have grabbed you. Yeah, they could have grabbed you. And I would have been like, well, like we're fucked. Like, it was the it worst is- walkout I've ever had. I think it was the shortest walkout you ever had, too. Yeah, it was like, too short. It was too open. I was, like, in the fans. Like, I, I didn't like any of it. The best walkout ever was was uh, the one at the strip club, honestly. That was my most fun walkout I ever had. But I was secluded. No one could have touched me. There's security around me, and I was set. Like, it was gated off. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird to me, the fact that that wasn't a strip club, because it makes me realize you can technically put an MMA venue in anywhere. Yeah. Just, and kids will fight in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fought in a strip club and a rehab center. <laughs> In a well, Jewish so, community center. Yeah. And then you fought behind. And then you fought behind a rehab center. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah that's funny. Uh, we're, yeah, we're starting to notice a trend here. But regardless, it was a great time. Um, Grace ended up walking away with another win. Very, I think, what? 20, quickest fight of the night. 26 seconds. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you last longer with a female. That, that's all we can pray for. So, let's let's pray your uh, skills last longer outside of the octagon per se but i digress i think we touched on everything yeah they were good man they were good i was gonna talk about the heat celtics game but that's gonna be over by the time this is dropped so it's pointless oh i will say this i will say this thank you because this was my food for thought while i was cooking my lunch this evening yeah um look i know people will say that coming back from 3-0 is impossible it's never been done before. And, you know, every team that's ever gotten to it has even is if they it got in it, Miami or is it in Boston? It's in Boston. But that's not the reason why I bring it up, even as a Celtics fan. This is what I really wanted to point out. I forget who let me look this up real quick for everyone. Is it tonight? No. I, I don't think so. I think it's tomorrow. Damn, I wanted to watch it tonight. Um yeah, so Roger Bannister, 69 years ago, was the first man to ever break the four-minute mile. Prior to him breaking the four-minute mile, it was considered nearly impossible. It was considered impossible at the time. It was They were saying there's no way physical is humanly possible to break the four-minute mile barrier. We're just not physically able to do so. Since then, even this year, um, I'm pretty sure there's been high school kids that break the four minute mile barrier every track meet. Every track meet. There's like 20,000 people that do it every year now. So, with that being said, just because people say it can't be done or it's, it's a impossible, first time for everything. There's a first time for everything. And to them, you say, just because it hasn't been done, just say it hasn't been done yet. Chase your dreams. Eight and seven. Kiss my nuts. Yeah. Jimmy Buckets. If anything, if the Celtics lose, I'll kill myself. I think the Heat can beat the Denver Nuggets. I don't think the Celtics can. I don't think anyone can beat the Denver Nuggets. I don't Nuggets think anyone can, but I think the Heat have a better chance. Yeah, I think Nikola Jokic, if he would have dedicated his life to be a UFC fighter, he probably would have been a god. Yeah, he could have been a savage. But yeah, that's a yeah. uh, box on the motherfucking stove. Yeah. <laughs>